Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. We've got another great topic for you today. We're going to talk about workplace generations and how this is the first time in history that we've had five different generations in the workplace working side by side and each with different leadership, community, and career development styles. Joining me today is Mary Beth Ormiston of MBO Consulting. Mary Beth, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. So can you talk a little bit about what is happening in the workforce that's making this topic so important? Well, it really is exciting because never before in our lifetime of work have we had five very distinct work styles and generations that we are trying to um, make viable and to work together. It's a great process, but it also has challenges and it also has opportunities. And as we think about this, we think about those uh, young ones coming out of college, of trying to find work, but we still have the baby boomers that are at the other um, end of the spectrum. And so for the first time, we have very varied styles of work and individuals. So uh, real quick, you mentioned the five generations. I wonder if we should kind of maybe point them out for our listeners. Sure, we can do that. Well, you know, I think most of us recognize we start with the silent generation. Mm-hmm. Um, many times those were the folks that uh, were, they liked the rules, they liked the framework, um, and it was easy for them to maneuver around what I kind of call the box. And then uh, the next level were, are the baby boomers, mm-hmm. the ones that have had so much attention. And they still make up 27% of our workforce, but they're rapidly leaving. However, there is something significant with the baby boomers. They're not quite ready to give in to the retirement. There's many of them that are doing other kinds of work, whether it be part-time. Part of it is because of maybe not having retirement dollars, but some of it is that aspect, that work ethic of work. They're not quite ready to do something else. Then we have Generation X. Those are the workforce uh, of those that still kind of want to um, communicate directly. They make up about 35% of our workforce right now. They like independence, but they also like the interaction with folks. So as you can see as I go through this, there is a common denominator, but we are still working with uh, five different generations. Then we have Generation Y, and that's about 37% of our workforce. These are the true entrepreneurs of the workforce that we are, that are emerging and are coming into. They like and they prefer such things as direct uh, communication. They like feedback. So now with the four, you can already kind of see just briefly the differentials in all of them. And then we have the Gen Gs. You know, those are the ones that are active on Twitter, all of the social media. Now, in my day and age, I didn't look for a job on Twitter. <laughs> I don't yeah. know whether you did. It wasn't around then either. Though. No, we didn't do that. Well, Generation Z, that's their mode. It's social media. It's everything uh, uh, that has to do with technology. Their communication is social media. However, they have very little um, job experience, but they have 
huge networks of people that they um, interact with. So kind of briefly, those are the five generations that we now have in the workforce. And as I said earlier, provides great challenges and even better opportunities. So that was a great rundown of the different generations that are in the workforce today. Can you talk a little bit about what they all have in common? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of times we don't think there's commonality or a common denominator because we have all five and we say, oh, you know, they're all different. You know, Um, my mom or my dad, they can't even get on the Internet. But in reality, there are, I call them values or common denominators that have a thread through. For instance, one of them, nobody in the workforce, no matter how young or how old, that doesn't want to feel respected. Respect um, is something that we all want to have wherever it is that we work. And I think a big one that I hear a lot about is this whole idea around communication. But the piece that maybe we all want is that we want to be listened to. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want to be told necessarily. We want to be able to dialogue. And I think that that we've learned that in everybody in the workforce, whether we started with the silent generation, you know, down to the the Zs and, and so forth, everybody wants to be listened to. One that may be defined a little bit differently is having um, mentoring opportunities. Now, I'm not sure we called it mentoring back, you know, with the silent generation or back with the baby boomers, but everybody had that colleague or that best friend that we could, and I'm sure you did too, Mm -hmm, you know, it was that person we could go to and they could tell us the hard truths or they could give us a hug when we needed it. I think that is uh, one of the values um, that all generations want to have in the workforce. We also want to be a part, and we want to know what the big picture is all about. We don't like to be isolated. You know, I don't want you to know one piece, and you don't want me to have one piece, because that relates to power. Yeah. And as much as we can erode that, um, and we can work together, but part of that is being able to see that big, huge um, picture. Um, I also think, along with the, the communication, is is such a big part, Brian. Um, not only being listened to, um, but also being able to have effective communication back. Um, I think all work, all people of all ages want to be able to have what I just call basic dialogue. Want to be able to to feed information to you, and you listen to it, and you feed it back to me, and we have some kind of commonality there. But once we have that, that's kind of the foundation of where we can all work from. And I I think the last one, um, which is so key, is being able and experiencing um, ideas. Um, We've had, we'll always have ideas, But ideas just shouldn't um, lie with us. Mm -hmm. And I see the need, and as I talk to people, everybody wants to be able to experience ideas, to share and do all of that. So I think that's a little bit of what we all kind of have in in common, and hopefully that kind of makes uh, some sense. Does that resonate with you too, Brian? Yeah, totally. I think some of the uh, points that you brought out are kind of intrinsic to like our needs, 
Right, uh, right. You know, wanting, you know, respect, being heard, you know, collaboration. In fact, when you were saying that, I, I always say it's like bouncing ideas off someone. And Absolutely. There's times when I want someone that's similar to my generation because of the context and maybe who the audience may be. Mm-hmm. But there's other times that I want to go find someone from a different perspective. Does it resonate with them? How does this, um, or, or how how does this audience, you know, consume this message That's or right. react to it? That's because right. it's, it can be different. Um, they might have the same reaction, but the channel they go through is different. Like you said, it might be exactly. mobile first versus you know, word of mouth or in person. You're absolutely right. I think it's fascinating as we, you know, delve into this this topic to, to understand. In my opinion, I think we're more alike than different. Um, but I always hear um, in conversations, and maybe you hear this too, oh, you know, we have these five workforces and I don't know how, you know, um, XYZ things or vice versa. And I think we tend to have buckets and we say, oh, we can't relate to them, or, you know, I don't have anything in common, instead of thinking about what we do have in common. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of helps us as we begin to talk about in the workforce, you know, how do we manage, and I'm not sure I like that word manage, maybe it's better, how do we lead? Mm -hmm. How do we lead all of us together so that um, we end up with hopefully the same results, even though we may start out differently. I think about how I learn, and I may learn differently. So part of that is I think we have an obligation, and and maybe it's uh, techniques that we have to learn because we have to be aware if we're in a work fit place whether we have that generational tension. Um, sometimes it's perceived um, sometimes it's real, uh, but we need to understand that we all come from a different place yeah. uh, and a different point in time. And we don't all want to be led, managed, or however those terminology, we don't, we don't all want to be of uh, look alike, I don't think. So I think that is, gives us an opportunity to be better at what we do in the workplace if we understand that we have to be aware of our surroundings. We can't live in that little little bubble. And as you know, you made a very good point when we started out. Um, organizations don't look like they did um, maybe yesterday, yeah. 20 years ago, and they're not going to look the same tomorrow. Now, maybe um, from whence we come, we have different opinions on how they should look or what the timing should be. But I do think as we work with different age groups, we have to, we have to know what's real. Yeah. And we, you know, we have to understand that change is around us. Um, I probably deal with change maybe perhaps different than you do or you know, any of, any of our, our colleagues. So being aware that um, organizations don't look like they used to, you know, that was baby boomers say, I'm not changing, you know, this is yeah. the way it's going to be. And even down to our Generation Z that doesn't have experience, they, they don't know, you know, what mm. was there. So we, we really need to be um, aware. I think a key point, um, Brian, is that, and one that, that I've learned and I've heard this from other people, is don't, don't dwell on the differences. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Why do why do we want to spend time on them? Let's let's talk about what we have in common. And we talked a little bit about them, you know, if if we can if we can feel the respect, if we have great communication skills. Um, your experiences are wonderful because they're not what I have, uh-huh. perhaps. And when we intertwine them, um, we leverage and we come stronger mm-hmm. instead of pushing the boundaries out. So maybe what we're talking about here a little bit is um, being open to change, defining relationships a little bit differently. Um, I like collaboration. Yeah. Collaboration. Yeah. You like that too? Yeah. Work well with collaborate because everybody brings something to the table. And, you know, think of this wealth of information that we now have from all of these people. And never before have we been able to sit around a table. I was um, um, in a training um, not too long ago, and I looked around the room, and it was fascinating to see um, who we were. And to think about that we were all there to participate in the same event. But I'll bet you whoever was sitting beside me on both sides was assimilating it differently. But at the end of the day, hopefully, we all receive the same information. We have the opportunity to share it based on our experiences. And hopefully that doesn't deviate for into differences. Hopefully through collaboration, it allows us to build. Yeah, definitely. I also think when we cross generations that, as I was just hinting on, it gives us more opportunities. Um, have you heard that, the old thing, you know, I operate in a box and I'm not getting out of my box <laughs> or I have, you know, all my circles and I'm fluid and all those kinds of things. Well, you know, that's that's probably true to some extent, but I think at the end of the day, um, with collaboration and opportunities and good communication, I think then we have the opportunity to leverage um, what it is that we need to do together and not be in our separate silos. Mm-hmm, definitely. The world is is not made of silos, or if it is, we're missing great opportunities. <laughs> but but also in it, I think it gives us the opportunity to look at like paths too. Yeah. Because just because we come, we're born in different years, doesn't mean that we don't have like paths that we can't. We may have different experiences that lead to those, but we do have like paths. I kind of like to say to people um, as we as we try to work together and we try to to blend, you know, our our different styles and our teamwork and all those kinds of things and and understanding um, what kind of communication that that we that we like is that we need to think like an anthropologist. Uh-huh. An anthropologist is uh, is the study of humanity. And I think right now in our history, what a rich thing that we can do is if we all approached our work as anthropologists and uh, maybe not what's on Twitter or on Facebook, but how it is that we study um, humanity from whence it came to where we go. 
is a thought. Yeah, that's interesting. Just a little different way to, to think about it. So as we, you know, talk about who is it that's in the workforce and how do we lead, uh, we, know we, have, we know we have challenges because we have new trends. Uh, we have new regulations, perhaps, that we haven't heard and mm-hmm. old regu- regulations that fall by the wayside, perhaps. Um, we know that we have different styles of communication. Wow, I found you find that that you have different styles of com- communication. I do. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think definitely between generations, because there's certain common communication channels we all used, say, growing up that maybe aren't here anymore. I mean, right. Uh, you know, to me, the perfect example is the traditional landline telephone. Oh, yes, you know, that's a great this, one. This was the the main, and, and you're talking about sharing that across a family of anywhere between two and maybe up to eight people. Right, um, right. You know, having to make sure you took a message and delivered it, being considerate of others. You know, your time on the phone. I have an older sister, and I know that was our biggest challenge. (laughs) Yes. We would want to call and see what our friends were doing down the street, and she was on the phone for a couple hours. But (laughs) that affects your behavior. Uh Uh So, you know, I I remember even, like, maybe making calls before my sister got home when the phone was clear. Of Um, course. And that's that's about making choices. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, I I remember going back to the times... Um, where we didn't have immediate communication. You know, now everything is immediate. And so we have part of our generation at work want everything immediate. I still remember taking a pink slip, at writing it out for a message, and at sometimes going through my pink, I'm telling a secret here, yeah. t- taking my pink <laughs> slips and saying, no, I'll call them back later. <laughs> no, I'll deal with this right now. Um, so it's a, it's a different way that we spell immediacy, too. Yeah. And technology, um, they obviously, has been the greatest uh, changer of our society, of how we have managed uh, technology. When you were growing up and in, in first in the workforce, um, I wonder, did you take a look at what your life balance was between work and um what you did outside of work, you know, this work-life balance uh, conversation is so huge right now. You know, I would say, so I'll, I'll give full disclosure, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah, So okay. I started about 30 years ago in the workforce. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it was starting to come in in the early phases, but it, it wasn't really prevalent. I think we still had a lot of carryover from the boomers and previous generations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, at that time, the PC was starting to, to bubble up. Sure, so sure. we still had kind of one foot in a lot of the traditional printed world, whether it was pink slips, writing memos, <laughs> having a mail room. Oh, yes. Those uh, are all great examples. Sending and receiving letters. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. But within, say, the next 10 years, that all dramatically shifted as email, the Internet, and the web started coming out. That dramatically changed how we were sharing information, consuming information, sending communications, etc. I'm an early adopter, so I kind of jumped on that early in the mid-90s. And, and I think my immaturity at that time didn't make me realize, like, why isn't everybody else doing this? Sure, that's it's right. It's so much that's easier, right. it's so much better, but not really putting myself in their shoes as, you know, what's the value proposition for them? What's the learning curve for them? Mm-hmm. I think I was kind of right place at the right time, so for me it was fairly easy and, and native. But I remember trying to show my parents how to use a computer for the first time and 
getting somewhat fairly frustrated. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Uh, but also realizing, like, they're not going to do the same thing I'm doing. I right. need to really just teach them, how do you open this up? How do you open an email? How do you send an email? That's and right. that's it. That's right. Well, those are all great, you know, great examples that are the challenges that we we deal with in the workforce because we're dealing with all five, you know, right now and, and with uh, the technology. And we have now the segment, because we talk about it every day, is how do we balance work and how do we balance our fun? And that is a big transition um, within this, the challenges that we have of where for some folks their whole life was about work. It was really about work. And now we, uh, we have um, our young folks that are coming out of college, many times um, they work to play. Yeah. And, and how do we juggle? So we have challenges as to how is it that we balance that in our work env- environment. And I think part of that is the challenge of, of understanding what motivates each and every one of us yeah. because we're not all motivated the same. We don't all have that same interest. But at the end of the day, hopefully we do have the same goal. Um, but as we look at who sits beside us, who's part of our team, um, somebody may, motiva- may be motivated by additional money. Mm-hmm. Um, some might be motivated by having more days off or working at home or whatever. And how is it that we communicate and understand that it's probably okay? We don't, we don't have to be traditional in everything that we do, but we need to understand what works for you, what works for me, but, but does work within the system of, of our environment. So I think that we have exciting times here because we have great wealth of knowledge we have the opportunity um, now where before we didn't have latitude in what we do, um, that we have all of these experiences that we can gain. Sometimes we have that love-hate relationship with history, <laughs> but sometimes history does teach us as to what we can do better, and it also provides a platform of understanding as we work towards making the very best of our work environments. I think leaders are challenged more than they've ever been challenged before, mm-hmm. um, from whether we have young leaders or older leaders, or how is it that we understand um, our, our business and how we're going to be a success in our business, how our business is going to be a success. I think that... And what I learn and what I am talking about is um, those leaders that um, can lift up all segments of our workforce and collaborate and understand who is it that makes up our base will be the strongest organizations and businesses um, out there uh, because those are the ones that understand history and are building towards the future. I agree with you. I think if you try to just say, we're going to stick to what's worked, right. whether for our company or organization or, or for our age group, uh, you're going to fail because you brought up a very important point that I think is a constant, and that's change. Yes, yes. That change is, it's kind of like gravity. It's always happening. It's always there. You may not see it, but it's it's you're going to be reminded of it periodically depending on 
uh, what the challenge may be or the project or, or different circumstance. I agree. I think the other, I think there's two, and you hit the first one. I think the second one is no matter what the age group, there is still always going to be the need um, for interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. that we all at some point need to be able to be eyeball to eyeball and be able to to see um, reactions, be able to hear. Technology will probably only get stronger, and that's the balance of How do we balance uh, technology with our interpersonal skills? Mary Beth, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this. I think it's a great topic. We could probably talk for another few hours. We on probably this. could. Um, but we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. I want to thank you also for joining us today on the Operate Intelligently podcast. And until next time, I'm your host, Brian McDonald, joining you from Dude Solutions. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast, produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing dspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.